Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast. I am back, I am back um, for another episode. Um, for today, we're going to be doing a sports talk. We're going to be talking about um, MLS scores and we're going to talk about last uh, week nine of the NFL season, uh, predictions heading into week 10 and talking about week nine mostly, but we'll get in there. Um, MLB awards came around and the bracket for MLS cup. So let's start off with MLS as per usual. And Sunday we had the last games of the regular season before the playoffs. So, um, the first game we had Orlando city versus Nashville and Nashville won this game three to two. Chicago versus NYFC FC and Chicago loses four to three. Inter Miami beats Cincinnati two to one. Columbus beats Atlanta United two to one. Philadelphia beats New England two nothing. Montreal beats DC United three to two. And why uh, New York Red Bulls beat Toronto FC two to one. Houston loses to Colorado two to one. Sporting Kansas City beats the Real Salt Lake 2-0. Seattle beats San Jose 4-1. Vancouver beats LA Galaxy 3-0. There was a draw between LAFC and Portland. And Minnesota beats FC Dallas 3-0. And that is the regular season for MLS. Um, the f- playoffs will start next week. But there's going to be a play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference. Um, and basically the wildcard teams. And that will be on Friday um, the 20th. So it's not going to be this week. It's going to be next Friday, um, November 20th. There'll be two games. It'll be between New England versus Montreal Impact at Friday, 1120 at 630. And then at nine, we have Nashville versus Inter Miami. Um, but the bracket overall is pretty much set up. Well, let's talk about round one in the Eastern Conference. We have Philadelphia who will take or the number one seed in the um, MLS Cup playoffs in the in the East. Since they are the number one seed in the East, they will take on the lower seed player in winner. So the winner of Nashville, Miami, or New England, and Montreal. Um, Inter-Miami is the lower seed. Um, so if they win, they would play against Philadelphia. Nashville will play against Philadelphia, um, depending on who is the lower seed, whether it's Nashville, Miami, Montreal, or New England. And then Toronto FC, the second, uh, Toronto FC, who's the second seed, will also play the higher seed playing winner. Um, so yeah, but then we have the third and the sixth seed, Columbus versus New York Red Bulls. And then the fourth and the fifth seed, Orlando City versus NYFC. Now be played either the 21st, the 22nd, or the 24th. And then in the Western Conference is already set up. Uh, Sporting Kansas City versus San Jose, the one and the eight seed. Minnesota versus Colorado, the four and the five seed. Portland versus FC Dallas, the three and the six seed. And Seattle versus LAFC, the two and the seven seed. And that's basically the um, the first round. Um, of course, we'll see who uh, who wins in each round. I'll talk about the the playoffs, like who I think will move on, even in the Eastern Conference playing round. Because that's not even until next week. So um, I'll talk about it next week. And that is the MLS uh, playoffs so far. Um, I'm probably, uh, you know what, I'll say the Eastern Conference playing round. I think Miami might beat Nashville. I mean, 
I'm kind of surprised that they are even in the playing round. I didn't even know that they were they were going to be a playing round this year. So they're pretty lucky. So if they win this game, they will have to play Philadelphia in the first round, which will not be easy because obviously the number one seed. But you know, let's see. Enter Miami, win this game, so I can see you guys play at least another game. I'm against Philly, and then New England versus Montreal. Um, I'll go for New England. I'll go for New England. Um, so New England will have to take on Toronto FC, and then Inter Miami will take on Philadelphia. That's my prediction for the Eastern Conference playing round. Um, but yeah, that is MLS for today. Uh, we have some new MLB awards that have been uh that came out yesterday and today. Um, of course we I talked about the. The Silver Slugger Awards and the Gold Glove Awards. Um, the American League, it was Salvador Perez, Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, Jose Ramirez, uh, Tim Anderson, Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Mike Trout, and uh, Nelson Cruz. That was from catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, the three outfielders, and then the DH. And then the National League, catcher Travis Darno for the Braves. Freddie Freeman, first baseman for the Braves. Second baseman, Donovan Solano for the Giants. Third baseman, Manny Machado for the Padres. Again, from the Padres, shortstop, Fred Fernando Tastis Jr. The three outfielders, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. Mookie Betts from the Dodgers. And Juan Soto from the Nationals. And the DH from the Braves, Marcel Ozuna. And those are your sl silver sluggers. And then the Gold Glove Awards in the American League, we had... Roberto Perez as the catcher for the Indians, Evan White, first baseman for the Mariners, Cesar Hernandez, second baseman for the Indians, uh, third baseman Isaiah Kaner Falafi from the Rangers, JP Crawford from uh, the Mariners, the shortstop, the left fielder Alex Gordon for the Royals, who also won the Platinum Glove, by the way, um, Luis Robert from the White Sox, he represented center field. Right field, goat Joey Gallo from the Rangers and pitcher Griffin Canning from the Angels. And then the team um, also also got traded to the Indians as well. And then the National League, the catcher was Tucker Barnhart from the Reds, Antonio uh, and Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, first baseman, second baseman, Colton Wong from the Cardinals, third baseman, Nolan Arenado from the Rockies, shortstop, Javier Baez from the Cubs, left fielder, Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals, Center fielder Trent Grisham from the Padres, right fielder Mookie Betts from the Dodgers, and pitcher Max Free from the Braves, and then the team Cubs, who won the um, the overall best team with um, with the most um, the most in the National League, who wins the Golden Glove Award, and then the Platinum Glove goes to Nolan Arenado for the Colorado Rockies. So that's the American League, National League, American, and National. Silver Slugger and Golden Glove Awards. Um, the Hank Aaron Award is still yet to be decided. The Robert the Roberto Clemente Award is still yet to be decided. Um, the reliever of relievers of the year. Um, wait, did they win it? Uh, no, not yet, not yet. Because I think the candidates is Liam Hendricks and actually Trevor. Yes, 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 yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think they have already presented it, but they're not really showing me here. It's kind of weird. Devin Williams. 
he won the National League Reliever of the Year, and then Liam Hendricks won the Mariano Rivera American League um, Reliever of the Year. So, um, yes, those are your Reliever of the Year. For the American League, it was ace closer Liam Hendricks, and in the National League, it was Brewers Rookie of the Year also, um, Trevor Trevor Hoffman National League Reliever of the Year goes to Devin Williams. But let's go to Rookie of the Year awards because that came out yesterday. And Devin Williams won the NL Rookie of the Year. Um, who did I think was going to win the National League Rookie of the Year? I think it was probably um, Alec. Uh, oh, Alec Bosom from the from the Phillies. Yeah, he didn't win it, but it's okay. Um, I didn't. I don't really know a lot about Devin Williams, but. Let me just check his stats. Uh, Fanned a record 53% of his batter's face, posting a microscopic 0.33 ERA and a 90 um, batting average in becoming the first reliever to win Rookie of the Year since 2011. Wow, okay. Um, so congratulations for Devin Williams winning the Reliever of the Year and the Rookie of the Year for the National League. And then the American League, it was a unanimous selection, and it was Kyle Lewis. Um, I think I had him winning or was it, or did I choose Luis Robert? I think I, ch I may have chose Luis Robert. Um, that was a mistake, but, um, Kyle Lewis is a great, a uh, great young rookie. Um, and I definitely, definitely see how he deserved this award. Um, Kyle Lewis just became the second rookie to lead his team in average in 262 and home runs, 11 runs, no, 11 home runs. I'm sorry. 37 runs and 34 walks and was a midstay on highlight reels and with a lot I, th I think he's had maybe three or four homer robberies throughout the whole season in 60 games um, So very very impressive this this young rookie is and um, he's only here to stay Obviously next year. We'll see what he can do bring this Seattle team Even more fun because Seattle's not even a great team, but he makes the team even more fun um, the Players' Choice Awards, I also heard that Nelson Cruz won the Marvin Miller Man of the War. Basically, is the most respected based in leadership on the field and in the community. Um, so congratulations to Nelson Cruz for winning that. Postseason Awards, well, I think we, yeah, that's over. We all know Corey Seager won the NLCS MVP and the World Series MVP. And then Razzy, Randy Orozarena won the ALCS MVP. Um, so yeah, they still have to decide the Hank Aaron Award, the Clemente Award. And now for the awards that were nominated today and were chosen today, the Manager of the Year Awards. Um, and for the American League, Kevin Cash won it. Um, yes, Kevin Cash won it. I know a lot of Rays fans probably still pissed from uh, Game 6 of the World Series, I understand. But he did take this team to the World Series and... Um, for leading the Rays to their first AL East title since 2010, despite having 13 players on the IL on September 1st. And um, he also implemented 59 different batting orders in 60 games and tied a MLB record by using 12 different pitchers to record a save. So, I mean, he's changed the roster. And with a, very, with a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, they're a very flexible team that even with a lot of injuries, you know, we can tell the Yankees with a lot of injuries, they suck. But, you know, when the Rays have a lot of injuries, they don't. So that was a huge advantage to um, to see that 
the Rays are this ba- well-balanced team, pitching-wise and offensively. Offensively, they really got carried in the postseason by Randy Orozarena. Um, Some games, Kevin Kiermaier was good. G-Man Choi was solid. But the offense was not that good besides Randy Orozarena being an absolute beast. But the pitching was definitely very, very, was a strong suit for the um, for for the Rays last season and in the postseason. It definitely showed a lot of potential there. Um, and it, it took them all the way to the World Series. So I'm pretty happy for the Rays, and I'm pretty happy for Kevin Cash leading to this team. I know Game 6, it may have not seemed the best situation to take out Blake Snell in the sixth inning while he only allowed a, at least a hit or two hits um, entering um, one-out situation in the sixth and potentially, you know, gave you guys the 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 game that could have supposedly had a game seven on my birthday, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, Dodgers won it fair and square, no cheating, like in 2017, the Houston Astros. But anyway, congratulations to Kevin Cash. I hope no one, you know, hates your guts, not even Rays fans. Um, we'll see. We'll see next year what, what, the, what the Rays can do. I think the Rays are going to bounce back next year, try to win the World Series. But watch out because other teams are going to be coming in as well. So um, congrats to Kevin Cash. Uh, but now in the National League, and I'm so happy for this one, just the fifth to win a manager of the year and also to win an MVP, Don Mattingly won the NL Manager of the Year. He has guided the Marlins to their first postseason appearance in 17 years and amid a massive roster overhaul before um, due, of course, to the COVID pandemic. Um, there was obviously a screw-up in about a week and a half where like, at least 10 to 12 players on the Miami Marlins roster tested positive. And still with that being uh, involved in the, in the clubhouse, they, he still managed to take this team to the damn playoffs. And, I mean, just based on taking the Miami Marlins to the playoffs, I think it definitely shows a lot to why this man should definitely have definitely deserved winning this award. I mean, I don't know what manager could have taken the damn Miami Marlins take it to the playoffs, but Don Mattingly did it, you know? Um, I mean, this is not his first year as a as a Marlins manager. I think this is like his third or fourth season as a as a manager for the Marlins, but it doesn't matter, man. With the year that most likely 60 games. You'd never thought that the Marlins, if they can't even do it in 160 games, having so many opportunities to win games, you think in 60 games they're going to try to make the playoffs and try to even compete. There would be a bottom, you know, a bottom feeding team. Um, but guess what? They proved people wrong. And they managed to win two playoff games on top of that. They beat the Cubs in, in two games. Eventually they got swept by the Braves in the division series, but the Braves were just, you know, I saw that coming. But you know, still have to be give props to the manager because he really took them to the division series. Because never in my entire life have I ever seen the the Marlins even play in the playoffs until like they won the World Series. I, I think they won the World Series the day before I was born, or the day after I was born. Because I I know it was not the day that um that I was born. It wasn't October twenty eighth. I think it was the day before, the day after. So the 27th or the 29th. But either way, obviously, I didn't witness it. Um, only on uh, highlights and on YouTube as the only time I can actually see physical evidence that the Marlins won the damn World Series. But making it to the playoffs in 2020 for the Marlins was just something I just did not expect. Um, so, yeah. 
And I'm happy for Miami sports teams. I mean, holy shit. You Miami Hurricanes is doing great. Um, the football team, the Miami Heat went to the the finals. They won two games, at least in the finals. The Rays made to the World Series, got six games. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Florida Panthers, I think, made the playoffs or like the qualifying round, at least, at least the qualifying round. Um, the Dolphins are playing good right now. Um, I'll talk about the Dolphins in a minute. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Florida teams look like they're kicking ass this year. Um, so next is football. Next is definitely football. Next is going to Tampa Bay and, um, and uh, well, not Jacksonville because, yeah, Jacksonville's not doing great. But I'm saying Tampa Bay and Miami sports teams are doing fucking phenomenal this year in all sports. Um, so, yeah, congratulations, congratulations to Don Mattingly for winning the manager of the year. And the Cy Young Award winners, they will be announced tomorrow. Um, the AL Cy Young, the candidates are Shane Bieber, Kenta Maeda, and Hing, uh, Hyung Jing Ryu. I have Shane Bieber because he won the Triple Crown. He was fantastic last season. And then for the National League, it was Trevor Bauer, Jacob DeGrom, and Yu Darvish. I'm going to give it to Trevor Bauer, but honestly, Yu Darvish may take this one. And also, you know, to be, to be like, to be like, ah, boring Jacob DeGrom because he's already won it twice. So he might do it again. But honestly, Trevor Bauer, he was, he was exciting. He has some filthy shit. So I think Trevor Bauer, um, and also I think he's one of my like favorite personalities to watch outside of baseball. Cause I feel like he's just one of those outspoken baseball players. Like he likes to promote and market himself and market a lot of players around baseball. Um, because, you know, baseball is not like the NBA or, or the MLB, like I should say. It's not like the NBA or the NFL where a lot of players promote themselves and you may know. Because it's crazy to believe that the best player in the world, um, the best baseball player in the world, arguably Mookie Betts, or then you know what, fuck it, Mike Trout, is probably not even known to the majority of people. I can ask my mom, you know who Michael Jordan is, you know who LeBron is, you know who you know um, Tom Brady is, you know who Peyton Manning is, do you know Mike Trout? And she would be like, no, I have who who is Mike Trout? Is he a lawyer? I don't know. Like the most people would just ask you who the hell is Mike Trout you know people who don't even they're not really a household name when he's literally the best baseball player in the world right now like how the hell would you not know you don't even have to watch baseball there's people that don't watch basketball and know who LeBron is people who watch football and they know who they don't even watch football and they know who Tom Brady is you know what I'm saying but that's a, that's a different discussion I just went on a little rant there but you know what I'm saying that's um that's that. And then the MVP awards will be announced on um, on Thursday. So they'll be revealed on MLB Network. Okay, so we'll see. And I have the American League MVP. I'm going to go I'm going to give it to Jose Abreu probably. I'm going to give it to Jose Abreu. And then for the National League MVP, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman and Manny Machado. Damn. I'm going to have to give it to Freddie Freeman. He had a great season this year, so um and their defense and their offense was just insane. Um, they're you know, it was just insane all, all year around. So he was a big, big reason for that. But anyways, let's get started into week nine. Let's talk about week nine, motherfuckers. Okay, okay, let's get this show on the motherfucking road. So uh, unfortunately, yesterday we had Monday night football. Um, and I couldn't watch the game because I had no damn internet. So, fuck. I was gonna do one yesterday, but then I realized, wait, the Monday Night Football's tonight. 
even though I can't watch it, I'll just talk about it tomorrow. So good thing I didn't have internet yesterday, so I can do an upload today. But okay, fuck that. Anyway, let's talk about week nine. Um, I talked about the Packers and 49ers game. The Packers beat the 49ers on Thursday night football. Easy game for Aaron Rodgers and the offense. They were just fantastic. So, um, so yeah, let's just get started. Now let's talk about the games. Sunday football week nine first game: Houston Texans versus the San uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why do I always fuck up just like that? But anyway, Deshaun Watson, Watson, nineteen for thirty-two, two hundred and eighty-one yards and two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and led the victory to the Texans, twenty-seven to twenty-five. So the Texans they get their second win of the season. They are now two and six, while the Jaguars are one and seven. Um, I didn't see this game. Um, I definitely saw that Deshaun Watson definitely carried this team. Is definitely carrying this whole team because the offense has not been great this year. I mean, when you lose D Hop by an incompetent head coach, it just kind of seems to be the the right uh, the right analogy to send your offense into shit particles when. We lose one of the best wide receivers in the game, but things happen. But Deshaun Watson's definitely carrying this team, and he's still a superstar. And he's, you know, defeating a not-so-good Jacksonville Jaguars team, so it doesn't really hide the fact. But the Jaguars were kind of keeping it a close game. They're only losing by two in this game, but things happen. Next game, we have the New York Giants versus the Washington football team. And um, Daniel Jones won 23 for 34. 212 yards and one touchdown. Washington, uh, I believe Alex Smith was a quarterback. Uh, 24 for 32, 325 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Kyle Allen was actually the starting quarterback, but then he got absolutely pummeled and he um, got injured. So, um, so yeah, Daniel Jones led this team into victory, beating the Washington football team 23 220. Fun fact, um, Daniel Jones is 4-0 against the Washington football team. And the rest of the NFL, 1-15. If this man got to play against the Washington football team like every single week, this man would be a Hall of Famer. Um, Unfortunately, he can only play them twice uh, a year each season. And he's only beat them four times. But you know, Daniel Jones is just a beast. He he looks he looks like he's Tom Brady or uh, I was supposed to Malone, Patrick Mahomes um, when he's uh, playing against the Washington Football Team. But then against any other opponent, yeah, it looks like Daniel Jones, just a regular, average, typical, the most basic quarterback. You know, and Daniel Jones is not the answer in New York. They really need to draft somebody else. I don't know what it is, but they need to pick somebody else. They need to draft somebody. I'm serious, man. Um, next game, we had the Baltimore Ravens versus the Indianapolis Colts. And the Ravens won this game 24-10. Lamar Jackson, 19-23, for 170 yards. Did not throw for a touchdown or an interception. Ran the damn ball. Um, and Gus, uh, Gus, um, Gus Edwards had a touchdown. Lamar Jackson had a touchdown. The rest were field goals. Um, they kept a good defensive game for the Colts. Um, pretty solid, and the Ravens defense shut down the Colts offense without a doubt. Um, the Colts were well, the only touchdown they had was Jonathan Taylor, a rushing TD, 
Um, Phillip Ravers went 25-43, 227 yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception. So the Ravens had a pretty good game. Um, the Ravens' defense is getting back into a top three unit um, in the NFL, really looking really, really strong. And against the Colts, which is also a very, a very good defensive team. So for the most part, the Ravens really got this easy um, W. Next, we had the Detroit Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings. And um, the Vikings won this game 34-20. to Kirk Cousins went 13 for 20, 220 yards, and three touchdowns um, and zero interception. Lions' Matthew Stafford went 23 for 32, uh, 211 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Um, The Vikings played pretty well. I mean, they had um, Dalvin Cook, who had two rushing TDs. Uh, Irvin Smith Jr. with two receiving TDs. And I believe Amir Abdullah had also one receiving touchdown. Um, so pretty much the, the, the offense for the Vikings was pretty good in this game. Um, and they were easily able to beat the Detroit Lions, who has not really had a great defense or offense this year, but have been a very, very, very average football team this season. Next game, we had the Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans beat the Bears 24 to 17. Nick Foles, uh, 36 for 52, 335 yards, two touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill only had 20, uh, 10 for 21, 158 yards, but two touchdowns as well. Derrick Henry had no touchdowns. Uh, A.J. Brown had one receiving touchdown. And the rest were about the fucking field goals. A bunch of damn field goals for they scored um, They scored every single point. Um, the Bears scored every single point in the fourth quarter, 17. And then, well, they kept it consistent for the Titans. They scored three in the first and then second. In the third, second, third, and fourth quarter, scoring a touchdown. Um, or no, not even scoring a touchdown, just scoring seven points um, equitatively. So, next game, we have the Carolina Panthers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, I'm going to be honest. Um, this was a close game, and I'm kind of shocked why it's supposed to be a, sh- a close game. But the Chiefs won 33-31. to Patrick Mahomes had a lit game, 30 for 45, 372 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had 36 for 49, 310 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, The Panthers looked pretty good in this game. They looked very competitive. Offense was hitting, but the offense for the Chiefs is just better, and the Chiefs just got the better hand of it, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Um, Tyree Kill, I believe, had three or two touchdowns, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had one, and then Demarcus Robinson also had another touchdown. Um, so the Chiefs' offense was just killing it, like per usual. And, um, and yeah, that was, that was that game. The Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the NFL. Nothing different about that. Anyway, next game we had the Seattle Seahawks versus the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills won this game 44 to 34. Russell Wilson was not really cooking this game. Um, 28 for 41, 390 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And then Josh Allen, 31 for 38, 415, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Josh Allen, oh my God, looking like an absolute cannonball of a player and an MVP candidate for the Buffalo Bills in this game. Um, 
you know, like last couple of weeks, it was kind of tough for the Bills. You know, they were kind of getting back on track. At the beginning of the season, they were really starting off really strong. Oh, they beat the um, they beat the Jets, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Rams, they beat the Raiders. Then they lost to the to the uh, Titans and then to the Chiefs, and then they had a really close game against the Jets and even a even closer game against the Patriots. So they were kind of like figuring it out a little bit. But against the Seahawks, they had control the entire game. The defense for the Seahawks is, oh, awful. And I mean awful. I mean, holy shit. Seattle's, look, Seattle's a great team. And they are a team perfect enough to make it to the Super Bowl. If that defense can do something. If the defense can't do shit then how do you expect the Seahawks to make it to the damn Super Bowl or even win a playoff game? Wildcard, divisional, NFC Championship, it doesn't matter. If that defense does not get better for the Seahawks, it's not going to fucking work in the end of the day because then at some point they realize, oh shit, the playoffs, there's a bunch of great offensive and defensive teams. It's not really teams that just have one good, um, one well-balanced part of the game. You know, they can be horrible on defense and then be great offensively. But they, I mean, you're just going to let them score as many points. And then what if they score more? It's like you have so much pressure on, Rus on Russell Wilson. This man is playing like an MVP and he's literally carrying this team. DK Metcalf is a beast, but I mean, come on. He's just catching the quarterback's ball. So he's, you know, he's, he's, he's exceptional as well. But Russell Wilson is literally carrying this team. And I hate to say, cause I, I like the Seahawks are one of my favorite teams, not my favorite, but I have them winning the Super Bowl this year. I actually did. Uh, well, I actually make it to the Super Bowl. I'm still, I don't know. Chiefs, Seahawks, that's my Super Bowl. I will, I'll make the decision at some point, but I had them make it to the Super Bowl and winning the NFC. There's the Bucks, the Pup, the, well, <laughs> I'll talk about them in a minute. The Saints, the Packers, just other great teams in the NFC. The Seahawks need to figure it out because Russell Wilson it can cook, but I don't expect him to fucking throw five passing touchdowns every single game. And against the Bills, defense was a pretty good defense. So you can't expect Russell Wilson to have all the blame when you should really blame the defense. I see people like, oh, he's not the MVP anymore. Russell Wilson, overrated. Get the fuck out of here, man. Josh Allen is the fucking GOAT. Come on. It, you really going to blame Russell Wilson? I mean, yes, those two picks, crucial. So he, he fucked up. He wasn't perfect. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. But come on. It's that defense that's doing nothing. It's doing nothing. Like... I don't know, man. They're just fucking it up. Quentin Dunbar, Trey Flowers, DJ Reed, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap, Rowan Weed, LJ Conlier, Puna Ford, KJ Wright, Ryan O'Neal, Jordan Brooks, Demarius Leonard, Jason Williams, Penny Martin, Cody, Cody Barton, Rasheem Green, um, Quadre Diggs, Puna Ford, um, kick returns. Freddie Swan, David Moore. All the defensive players that I just named. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. All those players that I just named. Why, why is Russell Wilson part of the defense? 
Uh, I have no idea. Anyway, those players that I just named, get your shit together because you guys are fucking up the Seattle Seahawks right now. If you guys just play great, like just solid defense, you guys are good. You guys are good. The offense is doing its thing. They put up 34 points. You know, they were fucked in the first quarter, but then, you know, in the second half, they were kind of picking up the pace. But the the defense, where, where is it, bro? Where the hell is it? So, yeah, man, the Seahawks really need that to figure out that defense because, you know, they have some easy games in the schedule. They got the Rams and the Cardinals, which are going to be tough games. The Eagles, come on, I don't... <sighs> They, they're going to beat the Eagles, man. I'm sorry to say. The day of the Giants, the Jets, and the Washington football team after that. So they're going to have three easy wins there. And then again, they play the Rams and then the 49ers. So I say the the, the Seahawks should win maybe, I say like seven more games. I think they win every single game against, um, they, they, I'm, I think the Rams are probably going to upset and beat them in one game. Whether it's going to be next Sunday or the second time they play. But every other game, I think the Seahawks are going to bounce back against the Cardinals. I think the Seahawks are going to beat the 49ers as well. Um, they're going to beat the Jets, the Washington football team, the Giants, the Eagles, the Rams once, and then the Rams will take them. So I think the Seahawks are going to be 13-3, and but that's only if the defense can fucking do something. So please, Seattle, fix it. Fix it. And then finally, next game, we have the Denver Broncos versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons winning, man. They're winning. They won 34-27. to 27. I'm so fucking happy. The Falcons are not a playoff team right now as it stands. But they're they're okay. They're okay right now. They played a pretty good game. Um, Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan, 25 for 35, 284 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Looking pretty good, Atlanta. Um, rush, uh, Todd Gurley had a rushing touchdown. Julio Jones had a receiving touchdown. Brandon Powell. Oh, oh. Olamidi Zasiris. Wow, that is a, that is a crazy game uh, name. Okay, um, they picked up. They picked it up. So they have some some good games. But wow, the Falcons have a tough schedule. Have to play the Saints and the Buccaneers twice, and they have to play the Chiefs. Ugh, damn, three and six. They were on five with fucking um, uh, Dan Quinn, and now they finally have three games. Three wins, so good job, Atlanta. Keep it up. Next, we had the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Raiders won 31 to 26. Derek Carr, 13 for 23, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Um, the Raiders had a pretty close game against the Chargers, but man, once again, the Chargers just cannot take a break with these. Damn, man, I feel so bad for the Chargers, man. They have lost every game that they have lost this season were one possession games. Games they could have beat the they could have beat the Chiefs in week two if they didn't force overtime. And of course, if the game winning uh, field goal wasn't in um, for 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 the Kansas City in overtime, the Panthers close game the Buccaneers they were leading them a huge amount in the first half and then the Bucks came back the Saints overtime loss against the Jaguars they won the Broncos they then the Broncos came back and then the Raiders came back and then the Chargers you know what I'm saying they were they they had a touchdown right there but then they called that fucking play um I forgot what the play exactly was I don't know what they called it was like a pass interference I have no idea 
but uh, basically did not deny um, a touchdown and you know ruined their win and now they are two and six and the Raiders are five and three so um Chargers they gotta pick it up um who they got next um they got the Dolphins next week okay so hopefully they lose next week um okay but that's that's the next game and then the next game we have the Miami Dolphins versus the Arizona Cardinals and the motherfucking Miami Dolphins win 34 to 31 they beat the fucking Cardinals like I said Oh boy. Tua Tangavaloa, 20 for 28, 248 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Kyler Murray was pretty good too. 21 for 26, 283 yards, and three touchdowns. This was a really, really good game. Um, the Cardinals were playing really good offensively, defensively. Uh, they're not really, they're not a good defensive team. Um, but they're not, but they're not worse than Dallas and Seattle. Ugh. Um, but Arizona's offense was kicking it, and the Dolphins, the defense was hitting it as well. Um, um, defense was pretty solid. Receiving uh, Preston Williams had a touchdown. Matt Collins had a touchdown. Jordan Howard had a rushing touchdown, and the rest were field goals. But Tua had a pretty impressive second start in his career, and the Miami Dolphins are 5-3. and three. And this is an upset game. This is a statement that Miami Dolphins have been looking pretty, pretty good. In the beginning of the season... They started uh, oh, uh, one and two. They lost to the Patriots and the Bills, and then they beat the Jaguars, and then they lost to the Seahawks. But after losing to the Seahawks, they got their shit back together. They beat. They absolutely dismantled the 49ers. They shut out the Jets. Their defense was having an absolute dance. They were having a dance at that point uh, against the Rams' uh, offense. Um, and the Dolphins, you know, they came back and they played a pretty good game against the Cardinals. So next week against the Chargers, I think should be easy against the Broncos, against the Jets, against the Bengals. I think these are pretty easy wins now that I see the Dolphins really playing great. I expect the Dolphins to probably even lose like one or two more games. I expect the Bills and the Chiefs to beat them. But then other than that, oh, and maybe the Raiders. But then other than that, I think the Dolphins might... I think they're a playoff team, guys. I think they're not a pretender. I think the Dolphins finally have that that defense that has been waiting. They have... I think they're like a third in least points allowed, um, you know, in, in the NFL. So they're top three in that. And, and they've just been playing very, very well offensively. Not the best offensive team, not the best defensive team, but the, the defense has very, definitely carried the team a little bit. So... Um, so yeah, it was pretty impressive to see the Dolphins pick up the win um, uh, on Sunday. And then we had the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Now Pittsburgh, you lucky son of a bitch. You get what you deserved, um, but you didn't at the end of the day. Um, explain to me how did the Cowboys manage to almost beat the Steelers, you know? I'm not sure. Did the you sure the the Steelers almost lost to to the Cowboys? I I don't know about that. They scored fifteen in the fourth quarter, so the Steelers made a comeback. So you know, good job for them. Um, but for the first three quarters, the Cowboys looked like they were gonna beat you. And look, Cowboys defense horrible, atrocious. The offense, uh, uh no. It's it's not great right now, 
Garrett Gilbert versus Ben Roethlisberger, you expect Garrett Gilbert to just throw like five interceptions. I mean, he's not Nathan Peterman. May he is the greatest football player of all time. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger did pretty good, but 29 for 42, three, 306 yards, three touchdowns. Big Ben was not the problem. Offense was not the problem. Defense um, didn't allow a lot of points, but I mean, the defense could have definitely done a lot better. Um, I mean, 19 points? They scored 19 points against the freaking Steelers. Honestly, that Steelers defense would have easily just shut out the Cowboys, but they didn't. I don't know if the Steelers were just playing around in the game, and then they were like, okay, all right, all right, all right. y'all thought we were going to lose the damn Cowboys. Okay, let's just pick up the pace. We're the only undefeated team in the NFL. All right, let's get back together. And then, boom, 15 in the fourth, and then they come back with the victory, 24-19. So the Steelers are still good. They're still a great team. They're still undefeated, 8-0. But that concerned me a little bit. The Steelers, last couple games, pretty close. Pretty fucking close. Against the Ravens last week was the same situation. And then against the Titans, really close games. That, honestly, the Steelers could have lost any of those three games, if not all three games, because they were just that close. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, and no matter how it's done, you know, it's a win. But also, it kind of concerns me a little bit, because, like, should I think that these teams, like, in the playoffs, like, you're going to get lucky, you know, but against the, the Cowboys? I mean, the Ravens, okay, you know, they're a great team. The Titans, they've been a pretty good team this year as well. Cowboys? I don't, I don't know about that, Chief. Like, y'all should have dismantled them. I don't know. But that, that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. And then we go to Sunday Night Football. We have the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, in the podcast, I said the Buccaneers were going to win, even though I forgot that I literally chose the Saints to win the game in fantasy. So, in all in all, I really had the Saints winning the game. Not because I just, I'm about to tell you what it is and I just changed my mind all of a sudden. But really, I had the Saints on the podcast. I probably said the Buccaneers were going to win it. But I truly said the Saints. So I apologize. I fucking lied to myself and lied to you guys. But I had the Saints win again. And the, yes, they did win it. 38-3. to 38-3. The Saints absolutely took the fattest shit and just swiped. Or not swiped. Smeared all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and defense and then spit on it. That's disgusting, right? That that's how it felt like watching the Buccaneers Sunday night football. Sunday night football. This is a game I'm watching at 8 20 p.m. And all the way it ends at eleven to eleven thirty. Before I go to sleep, I watch this fucking game. And I didn't even need to. I got bored. I started fucking writing. I started listening to music. Like, I, nah, fuck that. That's just background at this point. I'm not even completely paying attention to the game after the first half. Because I was like, what the fuck? This is an absolute shit show. The Saints absolutely dismantled the Buccaneers. Did you hear the final score? 38-3. 38-3. The Buccaneers are one of the best teams in the NFL. They're not the fucking Jets. They're not the fucking Cowboys or the NFC East. They are the fucking Buccaneers. They're a great team, offensively and defensively. You want to see Tom Brady's stats? You want to see Tom Brady's stats? 
22 for 38, 209 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. And I mean, those interceptions were just, like, they weren't even interceptions where you kind of like, ah, oh, man, okay, that was a close one. They were bad. Like, he, he didn't even know where he was throwing it at to. Like, some interceptions, you know, a player cuts in and takes it from you. That ball was just in the sky, and then it dropped to a fucking player, and then he just, okay, picked it up. Easy, the easiest interceptions you anyone could possibly get. Look, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but this might have been Tom Brady's worst game of his career. Now, I've only seen Tom Brady, I've only seen football um, for maybe like six years now. I'll say six years. Um, and obviously, I've not seen all of Tom Brady's career. But wow, wow, this probably is his worst game of his career. I mean, obviously, I've seen his highlights. I've seen his lowlights. I've seen all the games he lost and all his worst games and all the YouTube videos and all that. But this one has to take the cake. This one is probably his worst game of his career that I witnessed, that I saw live. You know? Drew Brees, Tom Brady, these are two leading uh, leaders in passing touchdowns of all time. And Tom Brady just couldn't even get one and even take this to even make it a close game. Like, it concerns me. The Buccaneers, man, what happened? What happened? It was a horrible... They, it didn't even look like they were trying the entire game. Imagine saying in 2018 that the, Bu the Buccaneers would have, obviously, Tom Brady. But Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Scott Miller, okay, whatever. And their defense is a top five defense in the NFL. Or top ten. And they would get absolutely dismantled by the Saints. You would look you would sound dumb. You would sound dumb. That would sound to me like the Chiefs would have lost against the Jets last week 50 to nothing. Just at, the Jets would have absolutely dismantled the Chiefs just because the Chiefs just did not even they didn't even play like nothing. Just whatever. Look, the Buccaneers are still a great team. I'm not going to like just give them all the shit because honestly, this was a horrible loss for Tom Brady, a horrible loss for the Buccaneers. But at the same time, let's not forget that the season's not over. They still have seven more games. So even though they just absolutely got their shit fucked, they have seven games to prove. And also, you know, the playoffs. That this is a wake-up call. That they can pick up the pace after losing this game against the Saints. Because they lost to the Saints twice this year. And the only other loss they lost was against the Bears. They lost to the Saints twice and the Bears. So maybe the Saints are their weakness. Maybe the Saints are their weakness. So they're lucky they don't have to play them for the rest of the year. But what if they play them in the playoffs? Then that would be a little concerning, isn't it? But we'll see. They have to play against the Chiefs. The Rams. So those are pretty tough teams. But then they got the Falcons twice. And then they got the, 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 the Panthers. Lions and the Vikings. But other than that, those are it for the Buccaneers. The Saints, however, man, man, they were they were pretty slow in the beginning. But um 
picked up the pace. Picked up the pace real quick. The Saints are on a five-game winning streak, and they got to play the 49ers next week. So the Saints, they're looking up great. They're looking great. They have eight more games to go. They got the 49ers, the Falcons. Then they got the Broncos, and they have the Falcons again. Then they got the Eagles, and then they play the Chiefs. Oh, wow. I didn't even – oh, my God. I forgot the Chiefs were going to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs were going to play the Chiefs. Wow. We're going to play the Saints this year. Then against the Vikings, that's going to be a revenge game. And then against – the Panthers um, on the third of January. So yeah, I'm um, congratulating to the to the Saints absolutely dismantling the Buccaneers. I saw clips of Instagram Live that they were celebrating and literally like like they won a damn championship. That's how fucking crazy they were celebrating. So Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first game Antonio Brown plays, and you guys get absolutely dismantled. Um, so pick up the pace, pick up the pace because I don't want to talk to y'all like this ever again. Because people are saying you're overrated. I don't think you guys are overrated. I don't think this was a fluke uh, um, of a game. I just think this is a wake-up call. Maybe you were just kind of like, oh, man, come on. We're the best team in the NFL. We got the best quarterback of all time. We got the best defense. We got the best offense. You know what I'm saying? You're probably saying all that. And then the Saints were like, yeah, nah, you're, you're, you're tripping. So, yeah, that's the case. And the last game we had Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. I didn't watch this game, so I had to watch the highlights this morning. Um, but the Patriots, they won this game 30-27. to The Jets really made this a close game, huh? The Jets almost ruined the perfect season. Um, they were going to go 1-8. and eight, But hopefully, you know, we're, we're glad to hear that the perfect season for the Jets is still continuing. They're 0-9. And the Patriots, still pretty pretty bad team. But against the Jets, what do you expect? Patriots were just doing the job done. Um, Cam Newton did not have a great game at all. Like, he didn't throw a touchdown. He only had uh, Ryan um, uh, Rex Burkham. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. He didn't have a passing touchdown. Cam Newton had two rushing touchdowns. And then Rex Burton had had another rushing touchdown. Um, so yeah, he's fucking Kyler Murray up in this hub. Um, so yeah, that was week nine of the NFL season. We'll talk about week 10 when Thursday night football begins. Um, my predictions for week 10. You know what I'm saying? I have the, the Titans, by the way, beating the Colts in Thursday night football. But anyway, um, yeah. Week 9 was a weird week. It was a weird week. Dolphins beating the Cardinals. The Saints absolutely decimating the Buccaneers. The Steelers almost losing to the Cowboys. The Bills beating the Seahawks. The Panthers having a close game against the Chiefs. The, you know, the, the Giants winning a game. Pretty, It was a pretty weird week. Not going to lie. So week 10, I'm going to make it a little bit more predictable. But um, But yeah, that's it for today's episode. I'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Hope you, Hopefully you did. And I'll see you guys in a bit. Take care and peace out, my friends.